Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome to a new episode of Dalvada's podcast. We're so excited to be here and today we have one of the best people that we know, <laughs> one of our best one of our best friends I would say, closest friend. Uh, you know, y- this guy is the most dependable guy if you ask me in all of Dallas and it's none <laughs> of them Pastor Steve John. This guy is all over the place. He's a worship leader, he's a backup singer. He's a pastor. <laughs> He's an entrepreneur. Backup singer. Yeah, I mean, come on, bro. Uh, I was just saying, you know, I mean, no, backup vocalist. Okay, <laughs> that's like, you know, and pastor, entrepreneur, real estate, commercial real estate agent. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, found co-founder of <laughs> Youth Pastor Conference. Yeah. Did, I, did I miss anything? Also, uh, everything is good. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah, okay, that's six stuff. But and also, he's one of our uh, board of advisors here at Bellwethers. Mm-hmm. We are so excited to have him on the podcast, Pastor Steve John. Welcome. It's an honor to have you here. Well, thank you for having me. Excited to be here with you guys and looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while, but yeah, still so like you know, how do you do all six or seven of these things <laughs> in your life? You know. Yeah, so there's things called rhythms of life, right? Mm, Instead of yeah. trying to balance everything, I, I feel like when we talk about balancing, it's like balancing different plates and you're just waiting for one of them to fall. Mm-hmm. But sometimes in seasons of life, there's rhythms where, mm. hey, you know, right now, um, we just finished our youth pastor conference, for example. We can put down the back burner just for a few uh, months and I can focus on other things right now. Mm-hmm. So I think God gives you grace to kind of um, take care of everything in the rhythms of life. Well, there's a special grace only you have. Or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some yeah. two people have. But yeah, I mean, I, I really kn- I want to know how do you actually manage all six of these things? Yeah, yeah. Like, how is there like a priority matrix or is there something like that that you've set up? Or a delegation. Plus, also you're a father, you're a husband, you're yeah. a father of two, mm-hmm. and you live in Forty. So anything, any of the meetings you go is yeah. actually in <laughs> Dallas. So uh, how do you even manage the drive time too? <laughs> sure. So that great question. <laughs> I I think um, okay. Let's just get right into it. Let's right? do it. And so yeah. I think I was serving on staff at a church, at mm-hmm. American Church, for about fourteen years, and uh, seven of those years I was a youth pastor. And um, I inherited like uh, st- nine students. And by the time I stepped off the of staff, uh, we had over 300 students. Mm. And although the ministry was exploding and it was growing and God was moving, um, if I can be real with you guys today, uh, my marriage was, was like very shaky ground. And my wife came up to me and she said, I feel like you're more married to ministry than you are to me. Mm. And so you talk about a wake up call. Right. Mm, And I was like, okay, God, what does that mean? What does that look like? And so we started seeking God together and God gave me the release. And I felt in 2018, he said, hey, I want you to step down from the local church to equip the capital C global Mm, church. mm. And so that's when I started the the youth pastor was known as the youth pastor conference. Now Mm -hmm. I started this virtual conference in my spare bedroom and um, I was just calling a couple of my friends to speak. And I was like, okay, God, like, I feel like you're calling me to this. So it's just me, a word from God on my credit card, yeah. right? No, no church or organization was financially backing me. Yeah. I was like, okay, God, I'm just going to jump into it and just see what you do with it. And so mind you, I did tell my wife, like I'm stepping from a stable paycheck yeah. now into the unknown. Mm. What does that look like? But for her, her priority was, you know, we're going to trust God, number one. But also number two is this is going to be a season for us to really strengthen our marriage mm. together, right? And I'm a firm believer of 
if you are not ministering to your family first, mm. then your ministry in the pulpit or on the stage is worthless. Yeah, come on. There's yeah, no need. So right. There's no need it's to so preach or do anything else if my family back at home is going to hell, honestly. If yeah. it, or if it's you yeah. know if I'm not prioritizing them. Right. So all that to say is, um, in this season of being an entrepreneur and doing all the other things that you were saying, I've learned. Hey, when it's my time, like when Blessy comes home from work. I want to make sure that I am focused in on her, right? Mm. I want to make sure that my phone's put away. Um, Ethan's at an age, he's three and a half, almost turning four, and he's like, hey, daddy, come play with me. Mm. And so I'm like, hey, I want to make sure that he understands that ministry is not robbing him from his dad, but he understands that his dad is present with him mm. and really ministering him during, whether it's playing Paw Patrol or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So it's yeah. in those rhythms of seasons of life I feel like anybody can learn. It's not just about priority. It's just about, okay, what is this season calling me for? Right, right? And so a lot of times I have to put the entrepreneur hat, mm. just uh, grind a little harder. So I'll warn my wife, hey, I'm going to lock myself up in my office <laughs> for a few hours. But as soon as I get out, I want to spend time with you. And we have a two-month-old now. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm going to help you with the baby. Right, right. And so, like, to be honest with you, it's like I'm beyond exhausted with waking <laughs> up every three hours. But I want to make sure my wife is – taken care of, mm. she, she feels valued. And like even today, when I get home, I, I, I told her, I want you to go do a me day. I want you to get your nails done. I want you to mm. go get pampered. Like I'll take care of the kids when I get home, you know? Mm. And so finding those times of rhythm um, will make all the world of a difference in your whole life. Mm. I think that's so specific what you said, like you know, s serving your family first. Yeah. I think, I think that's like very important too. I think today in the busyness of the world, and in multiple priorities that happen around us in ministry, I mean not just in ministry or any any other any form of ministry or any form of job or entrepreneurship, I think we lose focus. We focus on the profit rather than about the family. Exactly. Mm. And I think that's a very dangerous thing because the moment that you do that, I don't have a family, but still, I'm like, I, I mean, I'm not married. That's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. One day. <laughs> okay, right. we're not. Again. Send in your applications. <laughs> no, oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> At Bellwethers. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I, okay, we're cutting this. Okay. <laughs> we're making sure this is not getting on the live stream. But yeah, uh, but that fa like prioritizing your family over yeah. everything. Yeah. So how were you able to navigate through that that mm. season? You know, how how do you feel like that was that was for you? How did how did it affect you? And how do you how did you make sure like you know how did you balance from there to balancing your ministry your your entrepreneurship your pastor gigs uh, all your mm. instagram stuff all mm. of it how were you able to do that um god forced me to sit down mm. wow man come on um so wow. i'll so like my mode like the way i'm wired um i'm like i'm gonna go at a million miles an hour mm -hmm. And like for those that want to jump on the train, y'all can join me. If not, like I'm gonna go full throttle with mm. whatever I, I'm passionate about or whatever I feel like God's calling yeah. me to. Yeah. And so, um, just a little bit more of a timeline. Uh, so in 2018, March, we buy a brand new house. We sign a 30-year mortgage, right? Yeah. And so April, literally one month later, I feel God saying, "Are you married to your comfort, or are you willing to pursue my calling?" Mm. And so I'm like, God, mm -hmm. don't ask it. Don't ask that question because you're going to force me to choose. Yeah. Honestly, right? Right. And so right. I was like, God, whatever your calling is for my life, I want to pursue that. I want, I never want to be on my deathbed and regret what if I 
never pursued you? Or what if I never let go of my, my comfort zone? Mm. And so he said, okay, then prove it, right? I want you to step down from the local church, like I said, and equip mm. the, glo- the global church. And so I had a very honest conversation with my lead pastor, and I said, I, don't wa- I want you to pray about this with me. I want you to seek the Lord with me, um, and I want to make sure that this is not just an emotional thing. And so he prayed about it, and like two days later, he called me and said, Steve, I, I was on a walk, um, in my prayer walk, and the Holy Spirit just convicted me to let you go and just wow. pursue God. And so mm. a few months, I stayed on for a few more months just to train up another guy, mm-hmm. and then uh, October of 2018, I officially was off staff, and mm. I was able to be at home, okay? So then 2019 comes. I'm still trying to figure out my purpose, Mm. Think about that. Wow. Because my purpose was tied to my job title. Yeah. And now when you're not on staff anywhere, it really forces you to think, okay, my identity was wrapped up in my job title rather than who God's called me to be. Also at the same time, I feel like you built so much there too that you you feel such an attachment to it. Yeah. A fear of like letting something that you've almost in a sense like helped build and helped form, you had to kind of let that go. Yeah, because yeah. you have you have to also think like when I started attending the church, mm-hmm. we had less than twenty people. Yeah. By the time I stepped stepped off the staff, we had over twelve hundred two campuses. Whew. It was thriving and growing. Yeah. And so a lot of times <laughs> when people leave staff, it's because oh they're in a huge fight argument yeah. or whatever. <laughs> this was complete opposite. Yeah, Everything was like, thriving. Oh my god, why are you telling me to leave now? You know. Right. And it was like one of those things like tr- like really trusting him. Like mm. hey, although things are going well, wow. do you trust me to pull? you through the other side yeah and so then in 2019 oh, because god forced me to sit down i was literally at home like twiddling my thumbs and my wife just reminded me be still and know that he is god and so in that moment in that 2019 moment i was able to build the infrastructure for our conference build up a lot of relationships mm. and then like i said i started the conference we had 1100 people from seven different mm. countries show up mm. it was just unreal yeah. but little did i know that 2020 would come around and the whole world was shut down but god Ooh. forced me to be in a season of preparation before the shutdown happened in 2020. yeah, yeah. and so then now seeing hindsight i'm like oh man god god was orchestrating oh something. my goodness like i was like yeah. god i thank you yeah. for slowing me down because yeah. if i never listened to you and i was forced to sit down during the shutdown i would have lost my mind mm. right yeah but because i because god was already preparing me a year before like before virtual conference was sexy, before all these online things mm. were the, the cool thing, yeah. God forced me to start something from the ground up and build it. And now it's kind of evolved into what it is now. Uh, it's just crazy. And yeah. uh, I think by the time this episode will be out, you guys, I think uh, it's around, um, this will be released around March mid. So by the time we'll be very close to when your conference is yeah, happening. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And yeah, we're excited. I mean, you know, it's, it's crazy how God has used you and you know from a precision from 2018 you know to be honest like you are a great inspiration for us from the mm. from the south asian community mm, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and the whole the secret sauce to hold all of it is just obedience mm. absolutely you know and absolutely. that's that's the craziest part mm. because i feel like as uh, as we have a progressive lifestyle or we have like a set s- a system like you know a nine to five job a, a church and a car like two kids or family I think we're just like we we get so complacent to change we mm-hmm. just don't want to do that mm-hmm. and when god calls us to get out of it we really don't want to we just want to stay in there yeah and but a lot can happen with that one 
obe- the one word called obedience when yeah. you just like give in to God and say, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen, but I just trust you. Mm. Whatever you're willing to hold on to and not let go of when God tells you to reveals the idols in your life. Mm. Yeah. When mm. God tells you something yeah. and gives you a command, yep. he's not asking for your opinion. He's asking for your obedience. Mm. Well, come yeah. On. Right. And so I feel like, like you said, a lot of times so so many people are stuck in their security, mm. right? Yeah. Oh, how can I let well, this go? Good. What would that... What would the world look like if I let this go? Well, mm. that's revealing your heart. Yeah. That reveals your source of security or yeah. wherever you feel yeah. like you have a control of. Yeah. But unless yeah. we let go of control and let God take control, yeah. that's where really things can blow up. And, and I think a lot of times like people are also afraid of public perception too. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're like, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> I'm taking this risk. And yeah. even though it's obedience act that God is telling us, like, yeah. oh, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure for you too, like One leaving a, s- a secure job, people are like, Steve doesn't have a job. Yeah. Like, what is? I'm pretty sure you're probably getting pressure from your parents. Yeah, like, yeah. All around the community is telling yeah. you, like, hey, this is not what you're supposed to do, but you're still following the voice of God. Yeah. So, like, in many ways, how did you, like, personally, like, overcome these, like, fears, these doubts, and what people are saying? You know, and it's a lot, a lot of times, it's easier said than done than than when you're actually in the midst of the fire. You know? Yeah, I had to like really remind myself of number one, the God that I serve. Yeah. He'll call people out of their comfort zones yeah. and people would get ridiculed, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah. okay, you know what? If if David was willing to get ridiculed on the battlefield, who are yeah. you to come with your uh, stone and sling when, you know, when yeah. I come with a spear? Um, if he's willing mm. to be ridiculed mm. by his biggest giant, yeah. but because he had previous experience of if God is able to deliver, help me deliver my sheep from the there. lion and the, yeah. and the bear, surely he'll help me deliver my people from the uncircumcised yes. Philistines. Yep. Yes. So because of my experiences in 2019, yeah. now I'm, I have more boldness to be like, I really don't care what other people think because if God has brought me through in 2019 yeah. and in 2020, I, I, I didn't even share this, the, this part, but in 2020 was our most prosperous year when I started my company. Mm. When everybody else was like worried about their jobs or losing job stability, like that's when God really showed up in my life and like allowed us to just go through the roof. Mm. And so that's why it's like, okay, God, you were faithful back in 2019 when I didn't know what I was doing. And now I don't care what people think. People can judge me at the, uh, at the end of the day, but they're not going to be at the, the judgment seat. Mm. You are. Yes. You're going to say, yes. well done, my good and faithful, faithful, servant. Yeah. faithful in, in the security yeah. or faithful in the unknown. Right. Mm. Yep. Good. Well, well done, my good and faithful servant. So that's what, that's the reason my, my, boldness is theirs that yeah. i really don't care what people it's think. an encouragement to so many yeah. people that are watching yeah. man because i know that people are probably watching right now are contemplating a decision in their life as yeah. we speak right now yeah. and to know that like you trusted the lord and and, and you knew he was going to co- help, help you come through and he's faithful yeah that's the encouragement enough for people who are willing wanting to take that risk and you would say it probably like you were saying it paid it paid off for you right yeah yeah like god has come through in many many ways for you now in the One season million you are percent. right now yeah. yeah so how's this season of ministry been for you right now unreal like it, yeah. it's just like you know i was sharing with you guys some of the people that we're even talking to for this conference yeah. Yeah. um it, if you would have told me that five years ago i'd be like bro there's no way there's yeah. no way i would have been able to even be on the same conversation or at least have yeah. their emails right yeah, yeah. It, it's just now it's just like god is just opening up so much 
so many more doors. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it, I'll say this. Um, my pastor, Pastor Keith Kraft from Elevate Life in Frisco, he says, um, you cannot expect God to do exceedingly and abundantly if you yourself won't go exceedingly and abundantly yeah. in whatever aspect of it is. Mm. So in obedience, I'm going to go exceedingly. Even mm. if it doesn't look like I know what I'm doing, mm. at least I'm going to go in all the way knowing that you have my back. Mm. And so that's why I believe that God's opening up some huge doors now. Mm. And I can see so confidently because like, hey, with every valley, there is a mountaintop, yep. right? And so yep. yeah, I'm excited. We were just talking about we were that. Just talking oh, about really? Yeah. Today, like, you know, uh, mountaintops inspire yeah. leaders, but yeah. valley lows mature them. Ex- yeah. One million percent. Produces fruit. Yep. You yep. don't find farms. You don't find farms on the, on the mountaintops. Yeah. You find farms in the valley, right? Yes. Because it produces fruit. It produces right. harvest. Yes. And so God is wanting to teach you and produce some things out yeah. of you in the valley. Yep. So that way when you go to the mountain, you are prepared for yeah. whatever right. he has for you in store. Yeah. And to echo off what you just said, like, you know, the, about the, from the, the transition from valley lows to all the way to mountaintops, yeah. I want to use the example of Apple. Apple is one of the most innovative companies that is there in the world today. In, in the 70s and 80s, when, when Steve Jobs started off, it was in his garage, but he used to, he didn't have a big tech machinery to set up the Macs. You know, it, it wasn't even called the Macs then. He had to do it hand by hand yeah. with, a small, with a team of people that mm. he knew, mm. Steve Wozniak and uh, his other partners and their girlfriends and their wives, their families. That's how they actually built that company. And nobody actually saw that process unless Apple made the big market entry mm. and then ev- it hit off. Yeah. Till then, every, at that point, everybody's like, okay, Apple's at the top. But actually, they, they never saw the process, what happened in the garage mm, that actually yeah. got, got them to the New York IPO, you know, yeah. I- into the stock exchanges. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I always feel like there is always a journey there. And I feel like the journey is all, all often underrated. Yeah. And the, the process is often underrated. People yeah. don't, people, I think, especially in our generation where we actually get everything yeah. so fast, like Amazon, yeah. I can order stuff and it can't be delivered tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we come like from two day delivery to yeah. same day delivery and same evening delivery. Yeah. So where, and if you are through Uber Eats, like you, you can get it like within less than an hour yeah. or maybe less than 20 minutes. So we're come to that spot where we are so complacent that we can get everything so fast. Mm. And we just believe that the same thing works in life. Yeah. The w- same thing works in ministry. The same thing works in the creative field, yep. the business. Yep. But that's always wrong. I mean, you start a business, you can't make a billion dollars by yeah. the next day. You know, yeah, there's yeah. always a process. And I feel especially the process has been underrated in, a, in, 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 in the season. Or I think almost every 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 individual I think we actually see that the process is an underrated thing even Jesus had to wait 30 years yeah. for three and a half years of ministry and the logic behind that is still crazy because from an earthly perspective why would you want to do uh, why would you want to wait 30 years for something you can do in three and a half mm-hmm. years yeah but that 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 the process the the, the 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 testing the temptations that he all went through and the process that he had to undergo uh, actually enabled him to do it more powerfully for three and a half years yeah. and i think that's under uh, that's the part that people miss out and we in a world where everything is instant i think you know we we, we failed to we failed to see that and especially like you said like when God calls you into ministry, the moment you got, got, God calls you into ministry, the next you you actually don't get the stage the next day. You know, yeah. you don't get to go to elevation or yeah, life church yeah, and yeah, then yeah. able to be our passion and be able to preach. No, yeah. there's always a, a, pro- a process, a, a time frame. Yeah. And also, I'm reminded by one of the quotes. Uh, I don't know who said it. It's like expect great things from God, but also uh, attempt great things for mm, God. Yeah. Mm. I, I feel like always like especially in ministry or especially in the creative field, we expect God to bring, oh God, let bring me a million dollar client. 
I really pray that from my, in all my mm, businesses. Sure. I'm like, God, just bring me a million dollar client. It'll be so cool, you yeah. know. But also that I'm not ready to attempt great things. Mm. But God, the expectation is there, but the attempting has to be there. Yeah. And what happens? Every, almost every Christian, I mean, I think you know, I was a ninety percent, ninety five percent of Christians. We are already we we are we are systemically wired mm. to expect things and mm. not attempt things. Mm. And that attempting things is actually stepping out in faith. Mm. And and what you said, like you know, and to one more point that you actually said, that I really love that, like the what if. Mm. You know, and I always feel what if works both ways. Yeah, what if it doesn't work out? That's definitely there. But what if it works out? Amen. Mm. You know, and like, and what what you said, that's real. I, I always tell this to myself and people around me that I don't want to be at, at my deathbed and think that okay, what if this worked out? Mm. Or what if the, what if I had done things differently? I mean, even if if I fail, I, f- I fail. At least I w- I don't live in the regret of right. it. You know, mm. you don't want to live in regret for the rest of your mm. life. You you at least tried something, and mm. I think there's always a difference. And that what that what if works both ways yeah i think one thing we have to stop um painting valleys in a negative light like our perspective has to change when it comes to that yeah. because i think there is enjoyable moments in a valley like you 100%, know uh, yes i I, heard, I saw this beautiful picture and any not anytime now like this comes with maturity right as you get older because we glorify the mountaintop <laughs> so much yeah but i feel like you know there's so many beautiful moments with god when you're in the valley yeah i was like can you just take a, take a moment and just appreciate the flowers or the, or the trees, yeah, you know, or yeah. the grass that's there, you know. It's like we are so, like you said, we're so quick to move on to the next thing mm-hmm. that we can't even appreciate the mountain itself. Because, mm-hmm. like, even a mountain time experience doesn't even last that long either. Right. You just look at the view, and then right back down, which the valley takes even longer. Yeah. But I enjoy the journey now, like moments like this where we can just be a, par- be a part of each other's lives and know more about each other, grow together, and to experience little things that you won't really get to experience if you don't really go through that valley, yep. right? Yep. And you learn a lot through it, right? Patience builds character and endurance, you know, and all these things that come with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it brings perseverance. So, And you're a testament of that, Pastor Steve, seriously. Thanks, and man. You're encouraging a lot of people to see how you stepped out in faith, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I just want to say, I mean, one, one thing in this thing that we're talking, what is something that you can say to our audience as they're listening just to encourage them as they're maybe in a similar season like this? Yeah, um, I would say radical obedience mm. is the best type ah, of there obedience. There we go. There we go. You know, <laughs> you heard it. Um, I would say you know radical obedience is the best type of obedience because uh, partial obedience is disobedience. Wow. Okay. That's, you know, that's, um, that's I, I don't want to go any any. I don't want to go halfway with God. I want to give God one hundred percent of everything that I have. Yes. And in return, God will bless me for my efforts. Because, like you said. Uh, what if we fail? Mm. I would every day. I would fail. I would rather fail with God on my side than fail on my own. Mm. Yep. Because knowing that God is able to work all things out for mm. our good. good. So yeah. when you're failing with God, nothing is wasted yep. with God. God is able to use your failures as stepping stones or stepping blocks to whatever the next thing is he has mm. in store for you. Right. So when you when you really think about it, there's no such thing as failure with God. Yeah. There are lessons to be learned with right. God. You right. know what I'm saying? Because right. honestly, how can you fail with God? Mm. And so, yeah, that's, that's, my, that's my encouragement, man. Wow. Well, I want to transition the conversation yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, and it. so you are in marketing. Is your background marketing, by the way? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have, a, I, have a, I have a major in a graphic design and okay. then a minor in marketing. Okay. So I also come from a marketing yeah. background. Yeah. And I've been learning 
what social media sort of looks like for sure. the, the church world. Yeah. And sometimes people can say, you know, social media is negative yeah. and is a positive to church. So I want to ask you some questions like how can churches, how can we help churches navigate this world of social media, the dangers, the, posit- the positives that come from social media? What are some tips that you have for people that are out there? Perfect. Um, I, I believe and I work exclusively with churches now, consulting them, helping mm-hmm. them with their digital presence mm-hmm. and helping turn those online viewers into in-person visitors. Okay. And so one of those things is um, increasing their online awareness, right? Mm-hmm. So Jesus has given us something called the Great Commission. Right. Go into all the world, right? Preaching the good news and creating disciples. But we have to understand that the modern day mission field is digital, mm-hmm. right? And if we are not willing to go digitally first and expand our reach digitally, we're really telling God no instead of go, right? right. And so I believe that um, with social media, pastors have so much that God has revealed to them. And every Sunday they're using, they're, they're spending a lot of time uh, to preach the word throughout the week. They're preparing the word, right? Mm, yeah. And so I, I'm a firm believer because I preach as well, right? I, I'm a firm believer of if God reveals a word to you, I don't believe it's just good enough for you to record it on Sunday and just have it sitting on your YouTube channel, never to be seen again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do believe that there's ways we can repurpose the content that God's given you and you preach on Sundays mm. and really minister to people that are searching for hope mm. online. Right. right? Mm. So I, I tell churches this example all the time. Um, so for example, uh, Google gives $10,000 for free in something called a Google ad grant for nonprofits. Mm. Oh. So that's $120,000 per year of free advertising on Google. Most churches are not aware, nor do they. It's my first time hearing about this too. (laughs) So, so nor they're not aware, or nor nor do they know how to utilize that amount of ten thousand dollars per month, right? Mm. And so, one thing that I say is, okay, for example, we're in February right now, as the time of this recording. So, a lot of churches are speaking about love, relationships, marriage, whatever the case may be. Perfect. So let's take your sermons about marriage, uh, about love, about family. Let's build a landing page, right? Mm. And let's take your transcripts from a Sunday, turn that into a five-day devotional. Mm. So that way, on the landing page, someone can sign up for a five-day devotional. So now here's where it gets better. We take that landing page and advertise that on Google so that if someone types up divorce attorney in Louisville, Texas, your church is going to immediately pop up and the headline's going to read struggling in your marriage. Try these resources before throwing in the towel. Mm. Now you are ministering to people in their time of need with what they are actively looking at, mm. what wow. they're actively looking for. Mm. They're looking for divorce attorneys, but imagine if God can use what God has given you in February and minister to someone in July that's looking for a divorce attorney. Mm, right. Right. And so these are things that I want really the church to understand that we necessarily don't have to fly all the time to go to a third world country. Mm. We can spread the gospel by taking what God has given us and utilizing the most effective way on social media and using the right tools to minister the gospel everywhere. And so I believe I believe that your location um, is not a limitation to God's impact 
uh, in your community and, and even the size of your church. Mm-hmm. I'm working with the church right now. That's uh, They have about 200, 300 people. And this month alone, I just got the analytics this morning, uh, they, their reach was uh, over 30,000 people. Wow, that's mm. gold. So you're talking about over 100x times yeah. of their size of their church. Mm. They're reaching out to so many yeah. people around the mm. world. Why? Because it's content strategy. We're mm. taking what God has given you and putting little uh, clips and things on TikTok or or Instagram or Facebook. Now someone says, man, I'm really inspired by a 30 second uh, clip. Let me see if I can find the whole message. Mm. Boom. Now people are searching and watching, getting plugged in, be like, whoa, I relate with this pastor. I enjoy the messages that he's given. I want to mm. come visit on a Sunday and, right. and check it out. Well, yeah. like, so I think one thing I, I always wondered, what if people are not getting the same experience as your online presence or your social media presence as they, as they would get at a live experience? I think, I think there's creative ways. Okay. So for example, um, if you don't have the best live stream Mm. you know, uh, set up for the church. Don't be overwhelmed with that. Mm-hmm. There is power in just taking your phone and going live on Instagram, maybe on Sunday night mm-hmm. or maybe on Monday morning. Just talk about Sunday recap. And as a pastor, you're just sharing your heart. Hey, yesterday I spoke about this, that, and the other. Here's some things. And now people from the comfort of their own homes, they're able to comment because now what TikTok has shown us is there is power in the real and the raw. Mm. Overproduced, commercialized content are is not converting as well on TikTok mm. as an influencer that says, "Hey, I just got this uh, protein powder in the mail. I'm going to check it out." And people are interested. People are invested in, in seeing the results for that, right? Mm-hmm. So, same thing with this. People are not impressed by how fancy your your stage design maybe uh, as they used to be maybe ten years ago. They're like, "Okay, can you provide something that I can apply in my everyday mm. life?" and be able to grow my family or help me in my situation where I find myself in. Right. And I also think like people always think social media is just a tool, but I feel like it's more of a ministry place. You know, it's become, it's a space where you can actually produce ministry content. Mm. Yeah. And people think that, okay, I want to, I want to increase my follower reach. Okay. I want to be like Stephen Furtick. I want to be like Life Church. And I think that's, I mean, there's nothing wrong in thinking like that, but the way that you should approach it is like, it's it's a platform yeah. and it's also ministry space, you know, just like any other physical space. I think that's being missed out. And one of the best examples I ha- I've seen is Life Church. Mm-hmm. Life Church, the way that they set up their online campus, uh, I think it was like when Pastor Alan George was there. Yep. It was really amazing. That was like an experience for people mm. who see it, you know, and it didn't feel like, just live streaming. Yeah. It was like somebody was actually talking to them. Mm. It was actually catering to a specific audience in the online in, yeah. in the online world. Mm. And also really, and one of the things that Life Church, I really love, love Life Church, Pastor Craig and the team, because the way that they think is actually amazing because they are the one of the first people to actually launch into the metaverse. Yep. Mm. That was like, I think yeah, uh, la- last changer. year. Was that? I would not say that's a game changer. Yeah. That's th- that, that was a game changer, yeah. yes, because at that time, nobody w- nobody knew the metaverse. Yeah, mm. only real estate people were using mm. metaverses, and all all the all the high tech companies were coming mm-hmm. here. We are Meta and other people like that. But then all of a sudden, Life Church enters into the space and starts making a difference yeah. where you can sit in the metaverse mm. with with your Meta Quest or whatever your VR goggles on and still experience a service yeah. in the same way that you actually experience. Mm. Maybe not hundred percent the physical experience. But that was a game changer. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what's missing. 
you know, where we actually don't think outside of the box. Yeah. We just limit, okay, this is what we can do, or this mm. is what we know. You know, we, we just don't want to take effort into the research and think outside of the box, spread our wings, and mm. see what we can do. And I think always uh, one of the greatest models I see is also the corporate world. And I'm not take asking the church, uh, everybody to take inspiration from the corporate world, so don't get me wrong, but I'm saying, like, w the corporate world plugs in millions of dollars into marketing like mm. millions and billions of dollars into marketing. You open Google, you open Instagram, Facebook, you see all these ads coming. The way that they market it, it is using social media as a place to promote their promote their products. But what the church can do is using it as a ministry place and changing the whole perspective about it. Mm -hmm. And then anybody who opens up sees it real, but probably in this reel, the pastor's talking about divorce or pastor's talking about addiction or mental health. Mm -hmm. And probably the person is actually who is watching you is struggling with any of it they actually feel like this person is speaking to me yep. mm. and that is how you change the game and I th that's how you set up a standard in a world that is ruled by in, in a corporate corporation giants and uh, billions of dollars i think more user specific and more user oriented straight towards the user when yep. you get there i think that's what's going to change the game yeah mm. absolutely yeah, I, sometimes I think I struggle, and I I, I, I want to go a little bit <laughs> deeper when it comes to social media, because I um, this idea of like using social media for clout purposes, mm. you know, like uh, we talk about we're gonna only put our highlight reels, you know, we're gonna make make uh, even our personal Instagrams become like this, and then now we also we we do that with church too, you know, and I've heard from people who say, hey, I've come to church, but I don't have that same experience, like people are not as friendly, uh, the pastor like he goes straight to his green room after uh, he's done with this message. Mm -hmm. And so someone who does media and uh, marketing at my own church, coming from a marketing background, <laughs> you're taught a lot of times to sell a product. And I know we're selling, in a sense, we're selling a product, mm -hmm. but if we're going deeper, we're actually trying to build deeper relationships with people, you know? Like, I don't, like and so maybe you can unpack this, uh, Pastor Steve, in, in, in your sense, but I really do struggle if I'm being honest with this idea that I'm trying to sell something on Instagram or social media, but if people don't have the same experience, I'd rather not waste my time and energy and put that back into building meaningful relationships and doing one-on-ones yeah. and building a community around me. But it's also really hard to say because everything is moving towards sure. social media, TikTok and stuff. So mm -hmm. maybe you can also help the audience too to like, Hey, if you're in the same place, like what, 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 what do I do? Yeah. yeah. So I think the, the, the culture and the landscape of church is changing yeah. finally because five, 10 years ago, church was all consumer centric, mm. right? Mm. Hey, let's consume, let's be entertained. And then I can go back and do the same thing that I've been doing Monday through Saturday. Now I think the American church has finally woken up and realized because if you visit like third world countries like India or um, countries in Africa, you'll see that people are so hungry for the word of God and yet they don't have all the fancy yeah. equipment or all these things. Why? Because they value discipleship. Mm -hmm. They value really the community of the body of Christ. And so when you said, you know, if they're not experiencing what they see online rather than in person, that all rises and falls on the vision of the house. Mm. What kind of vision is the pastor casting? Okay, are we called to be an entertaining church or are we called to be a disciple-making church? Come on, that's... Because what we're doing online is building relationships. Yes. And if we can, 
extend that from an online relationship into an in-person gathering, mm. that now you've bridged the gap, mm. right? Wow. And so a lot of times what I teach our, uh, the churches that I, I consult is, they can see you online, mm. but if they have a horrible experience in person, it defeats the whole purpose. Mm. So what we need to do is, okay, we need to imagine ourselves as a first time visitor. Mm. I've never been to your church before. Mm. Maybe I don't even know Jesus, mm. right? But I'm willing to try you out. Mm. I'm willing to, instead of going golfing or doing whatever on a Sunday morning, I'm gonna go visit you, right? Mm. So as soon as your tires hit the parking lot, what Come does on. that experience look like? for a first time visitor. Yeah. So I walk them through something called plan your visit. And so basically plan your visit is, hey, we're gonna have a parking lot team uh -huh. that greets you in the parking lot. And so we'll have greeters that says, hey, if you're a visitor, turn on your emergency lights. Mm. So as soon as someone hits their emergency lights and their hazards on, mm. The whole parking lot team knows hey, this is a brand new person. Yeah, gotta take care of them. And yeah. we gotta take care of them. Yeah. Now we have designated parking in the front of the church, so that way they're not walking from all the way in the back to the front. Yeah. yeah. And so now that they're parked towards the front, guess what? My host is looking for people that are parking in that designated area. My host is gonna walk up to them and greet them as they come out of the door. Mm. Um, but because they planned their visit online, maybe they said, hey, I wanna visit you this Sunday, here's my name, here's the car that I drive, here's my mm. kids' names, um, and I'm going into a lot more detail. But this is good. Okay, yeah. so, so, so because they filled that out online, now the host is saying, okay, I remember the Smith family saying that they drive a, a red Honda and also their kids' names are Joe and Jill. Okay, so mm. there's a red Honda that's parked right here. This may be the Smith family. Mm. So as the host comes says, are you by chance the Smith family? Now the first impression it's has gone through the roof. Yes. Now I'm more than just a number, I'm actually a valued person. Yeah, now, I'm right? seen. I'm, I'm seen. seen. That's a great, yeah. that's a great thing you said. I'm seen now. And now you can say, this must be your kids, Joe and Jill. Oh my gosh. Now, as a parent, <laughs> oh my gosh, now you're valuing my kids. Ooh. And not only that, my children's director had seen that this person had planned their visit throughout the week, and they already inputted that, that Joe and Jill's information into planning center mm. um, at the kids' church. Right. So now they're not waiting in a long line to check in. Yeah, Their information is already yeah. there, a streamlined event, mm. right? And so now the host is saying, hey, we're so excited that you're here. Um, if there's any questions, please let us know. In fact, do you mind if I give you a tour of our facility? I'd love to show you around. You're going out of your way to give them a first class experience yeah. because a lot of people don't know what to expect out of the church. Right, and right. like you said, a lot of people has given a bad taste of what church is. Mm -hmm. And they associate church with, if church is this bad, then God must be this mm -hmm. bad, right? But I would rather have excellence in everything that I do because we, like I said, I, we said this during lunch, we serve an excellent God, yes, therefore yes, we yes. need to give him excellence in return. Yeah. And so the host is giving them a tour. The host is um, checking in their kids, making sure that the kids are checked off. And the host is saying, hey, if you have any other questions, um, I'll be waiting right here in this VIP or the visitor central and uh, come check, come, come ask me. Well, uh, so now they visit service, they, mm. maybe they attend, maybe now they're like, yeah, maybe I, I need some more information about what they're doing. They mm. go back and visit. It's like, hey, just wanna show you appreciation. Thank, thank you so much for visiting us. Here's a gift from us to you. Mm. Now we're giving them a gift, whether it's a t-shirt or a coffee mug or whatever the case may be. And now we're valuing them. And here's, the, here's where a lot of churches miss it. After the first visit, they're like, 
Hopefully come back next Sunday yeah. and forget about them. Yeah. No follow-up. No follow-up. Nothing. But yeah. here's, MIT came out with a, a research study um, a few years ago saying that uh, more people will connect better with your brand mm. um, on the 6th or 12th mm. touch. So they may see you a couple of times, but if you if they see you around six times or 12 times or different campaigns that you're running, like, okay, maybe I need to see what they're all about. Mm. So now uh, what I teach our churches is there's an eight to 12 week follow-up program after that. Because mm. now they, they love your church. So there's there's different stages. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going really no, in depth. No, 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 we, we love this. Okay, so our goal is for to take people from seeing one of our content online they're intrigued. They're like, okay, I see what you're doing. Now we want them to come inside our doors as a church. And then when, if they love what's happening inside our church, if they're like, hey, this seems pretty cool. Now we move them from a tree to interested. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now the next goal is, okay, now that you're interested, I'm going to continue following up with you, answer any questions, equip you with some more resources to help yeah. you in your walk with God. And then we're going to move from interested to invested. Mm. Now they're serving on your staff or your, your, your volunteer team. Now they're giving their tithes and their offerings to your church. They're mm. invested in the mm. vision right. of your church. So good. And if your staff doesn't understand the vision, then there's going to be a lot of things going to fall apart. Like yeah. this is not the same church that I saw online. Right. This is two completely different things. And so that's why I believe that vision is so important that we communicate. Mm. The reason why we're doing Facebook ads or the reason why we're doing uh, Google ads is not to just get a bigger attendance. It's to make disciples. Yes. And those disciples, yes. word of mouth. Let's go back to marketing. Yes. Word of mouth is the most powerful form of marketing. Yeah. Guess what? A digital way of, of word of mouth is since you are invested and you're in our next steps mm. uh, class, do you mind writing a review on Google, Yelp, and Facebook? Mm. Just copy and paste your review about what you think about our church. Yeah. Bro, now they're friends and family that yeah. are connected with them saying, hey, I visited Metro for the first time. Here's my experience. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Now their friends and family are going to want to come visit. Right. Now you're seeing exponential growth through yes. an organic relationship that they found online. Yeah. I want to say this, like, as you were talking, this reminds me of a story, um, and I'm not condoning this by any means. When I used to go trick-or-treating uh, when I was younger, uh, I, and, and, you know, go to normal neighborhoods and stuff, and you would go trick-or-treating, and you only stay at the front door. Yeah. You don't go beyond that point, yeah. right? And you go for the treats, you go for the excitement, you mm-hmm. only go for the good things there. Yeah. But I remember one time, because I live in my parents' neighborhoods, filled with Indians, and I go to this specific person's house, and they see that I'm Indian too. They look like they, we look similar. And they're like, son, come inside, have wow. some chaya, wow. have some biscuits, eat with me, join me. And you guys know <laughs> being in the living room is a really intimate place, yeah. right? It's yeah. like only people that, that, that you feel close to. You don't, you don't let anybody get in the living you room. You just don't either. let right. anyone get, right? right. Yeah. But most of the time, like you're saying with the strategy, it's not that social media is bad, but if your church can only get people to the front door, and not beyond that point, you got to consider is yeah. your members just trick or treat members? Woo! Right? Are they only coming for the yeah, treats? Yeah. And Come on. For the make that a tweet right there. We need to make that a tweet right there. Come on. That's trick good. or treat members. That's you know? good, bro. Yeah, that's yeah, so good. Right? Yeah. So, and we have to rethink our strategy. Yeah. And I love how you said, hey, I we also put just as much importance and excellence even to people who are going beyond just coming to the church. How do we get them even from coming to the church to being disciples of yeah. the church? Yeah. And that's exactly. The goal. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. yeah. According to what you just said, like about the vision part, I think that's 
critical and that's very crucial. And I, s- I would say most of the churches uh, within most of the communities actually don't follow that. Yeah. There is no proper vision. There's sure. no proper casting of a vision. Mm. Um, one of the greatest vision casting moments was JFK's speech where he said, by the end of this decade, we're going to put a man on the moon. Mm-hmm. That, I, um, I, it's, I, it's, I, I believe, is the book Vision Different Leader by Michael Hyatt. What, what actually wrote about this this particular uh, this particular message? He said the way that JFK cast a vision on that Congress speech was that every American in living in the U.S., taking from a janitor to a cab driver to the scientist at NASA, wanted to understood that this is my vision. Mm. This is our vision. Yeah. We need to put a man on the moon. Yeah. Mm. We are going into the world, into the uncharted space. Mm-hmm. We are going into space where nobody has stepped foot mm. in. And that kind of casting has to happen in the church yeah. where everybody, if someone is serving in the worship team yeah. or somebody is just like serving in the kids' church or somebody who's same serving at the AV booth, everyone or somebody just like who is just a regular coming member understands that this is not the church vision. This is not my pastor's vision. This is not my founder's vision or my elder's vision. This is my my vision. vision. And when that my comes in, when that gets implanted, it gets implanted in your heart. Mm. You know, it's not in the brain. It comes to the heart. heart. When it comes to the heart, then what is that? This is this is my vision. This is our vision. That from 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 the churches or from the pastors or from who else's it comes into mine and our. It becomes collective, and the moment that happens, that's when intentionality begins. Mm. And that's when I think that is one of the reasons why we need to do that. You know, where the moment that you get intentional with people, the moment that you get actually relational with them, it changes everything. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, what you said actually reminds me of a checkout experience. You know, you know, uh, when I'm buying something, you know, mm-hmm. from Amazon, like you know, you, yeah, you want you you want to go through the best checkout experience. You know, you don't want a faulty UI or mm-hmm. you want you don't want a buggy software. You want it to be smooth. Mm-hmm. And the way that the system that he said is so smooth, is so perfect mm-hmm. that it gives you the best experience mm-hmm. for a person yeah. who comes in yeah. and for that best experience to happen every individual even a two-year-old kid in the church must understand that this is my vision this mm. is our vision and that collectiveness of the vision is, is what's going to achieve things mm. and i think that is what's going to change the world that's what is going to spread the gospel where yeah. we become like the great commission you know that becomes our vision Today, unfortunately, most people don't feel like that's our vision. Mm-hmm. Most people don't understand that the Great Commission was not, is not just for pastors. The Great Commission is not just for churches. The Great Commission is not just for missionaries. No, the Great Commission is for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, it says go and preach the gospel, spread the gospel into everywhere, teach them, baptize them, teach them the ways of the Father. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear. It's crystal clear. And yeah. But unfortunately, we don't follow it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when the Great Commission becomes our vision, our mission, I think the moment people understand that, bro, the moment that they understand like a JFK moment speech, this is our vision. This is mm. that. And that's that's up to the leaders too, yeah. the way they cast it. Yeah. And when we do that, the moment we do that, bro, that's going to blow up stuff. That's going to blow up stuff in the kingdom. Mm. People are just going to start coming into the churches when start. Imagine being intentional about the Great Commission in your workspaces, yep. in your schools. Okay, let's say eight-year-old kid or eighth-grade kid goes into school and invites his friend. You know, imagine what happens in your workspaces, in your businesses. Imagine you're going for a business conference. It's like, hey man, 
why don't you come check out my church if you're in, if you're in Dallas, Texas? You know, the moment that you say that, then it, it becomes different. You know, yeah. you're not recruiting for the church; you're recruiting for the kingdom. Yeah, we're not church recruiters; we're kingdom recruiters. Mm. You know, our goal is the kingdom. Mm. Our end goal, uh, at the end of the day, the only thing matters. The only thing that we can focus on, the only thing ba- that matters, is the kingdom of God. Mm. Yeah, it's good. I was thinking from an audience perspective. Right. You know, um, some people might even ask this question, like. Yeah, it's great to have vision, and I see all these churches doing all these big things, but has churches become a business now? And I guess the question I want to ask you, Steve, and, and Matthew, you can ask too, is it bad that churches are businesses, or we think like businesses, or is church church and business is business? What do you think? <laughs> Let's get a little controversial. Okay. <laughs> um, He's looking at me. He's like, okay, do you want, you want yeah. to go first, or should I go first? Because I'm just thinking about all the conversations I have. Someone sure. even told me, like, Stop running church like a business. And I'm like, I don't think that's a problem as long as you're running the father's business. Come on. <laughs> Bro, that was mic drop. Don't draw the mic, though. Yeah. It's expensive mic. <laughs> expensive mics. I'm not trying to be funny. Okay? <laughs> Bro, that was solid. That was yeah. solid. I mean, honestly, honestly, why yeah. we, we have to be about our father's business. Why is it? that business and corporations are so much better at casting vision than the churches. People like to buy into Apple. Why? Because they bought into the vision of, if I buy a, an Apple iPhone or Apple this or that, not only am I going to look cool or whatever the case may be, but I love their ecosystem. I lo- they're bought into the vision of, oh my gosh, this is the best thing. Yeah. Now, are there other products that may be better? Absolutely. Yeah. But the fact that their marketing is enticing people yeah. to think that way. Yeah. I refuse to allow Apple or any other secular company to market better than the kingdom of God. That's good. Right? Ooh. We as <laughs> believers, Ooh. we as Christ followers, we need to understand that we have been given the greatest gift of all time, eternal life through Jesus Christ. How dare we? become so selfish and say, you know what? I'm going to keep this gift for myself and not tell anybody else. Mm. I think the church has done a horrible job Mm. of showing lost people what it's like to really follow Jesus with everything that you have. Mm. A lot of lost people that I talk to, they hate going to church because they think that they have to act some kind of way. They have to dress some kind of way rather than following what Jesus said, come as you are. Mm. I love you enough to, for you to come as you are, but I love you too much to leave you the way you are. And so a lot of times people think, I need to fix myself up before I go to church. And I think the church has done a horrible job mm. of, of communicating that vision. And yep. so there's a lot of principles that we can learn from the business world. Yep. I don't think business and church has to be polar opposites. I think there's a world where both of them can be married mm. and live together in harmony. Mm. They don't have to be mutually exclusive, yes. but there's things that we can learn from, from each other. On, and yes. so I believe that there, uh, there is ministry in, in marketplace. Yes. Yeah. Person, so I, I really love what you said, you know, as long as you're doing the father's business, it's fine. Mm. And I really, I, I really love that. But also from my perspective, I would add on that, the question is, should the church be inspired by the corporate world? Should the corporate world be inspired by the church? There's a big difference there. Because every plan, every business plan, every marketing plan, if you trace it back, it has to come to the root of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Everything that's creative in this world, everything that mm-hmm. you think, because here's mm-hmm. what I believe, you can think, but all these ideas come from God. 
ideas always come from God. You know, you, you, you can think, I mean, definitely if you're smart enough, yes, I, I believe that. But the plan, the, the one who plans the idea inside mm. you, that's mm. God. Yep. Nobody mm. else. Mm. He gives you dreams. He gives you visions. Mm. And whether it's a corporate world of a church, but as long as it's planted from God, I think that's going to make the biggest difference in the world. Mm. But also at the same time, we see that the corporate world is advancing so much mm-hmm. in marketing where you see, y- y- I, I think about buying a phone or I sa- say about tell, tell someone like I'm buying a phone. The next moment I see Facebook ads, Instagram ads regarding this phone. That's yeah. how, I- that's it's how fast. fast I'm talking about seconds or yeah. minutes. And not just marketing, but just like logistics, Logist- strategies, everything. planning, yeah. organization, even like little down to like things like we don't know how to like staffing. Um, you know, like uh, doing all these like little little things in churches that that we don't even assume is a thing that we need to know. Right. But now living in this day and age, these are things that the corporate world is advancing in. Right. Yeah. And I feel like the church, what the church needs to do is be intentional, mm. is being raw. If someone comes in broken hearted, you know, instead of judging that person, I think the church should be Jesus to them. Every single person in that church should be Jesus to them. If someone comes in with a tattoo, are you gonna are you gonna are, are you gonna criticize him or, t- or talk about him or are you gonna welcome him? Or what if somebody has a past? And the thing that what we must most understand is that at the end of the day, Jesus loves everyone, regardless of what you do. You know, he he died for each and every single individual. And I believe that the church should start understanding that. And we, the moment that we become Jesus to them. The moment that we become like, let's say a, a broken man comes in, like he has, he's broken, he's just tested, he has been through a lot of stuff, and he comes in, he starts, he he goes in the church. He won't be. It's it's not easy for him to trust someone, but the moment you become Jesus to him, you know, you the moment that you become WWJD, what would Jesus do? The moment that you say, hey, let's grab a coffee, okay, hey, let's let, 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 let's let's talk, you know, is there anything I can help you? Is there anything I can pray? Something very simple as, mm. can I pray for you? Mm. Can actually change that person's yeah. heart. Can change a whole a whole a whole different lifestyle. I've I've I heard stories of uh, while I was while I was growing up in Dubai, one of the churches, like one of, the, one of my friends was pastoring. People, there was a guy who was about to get suicide, mm-hmm. who was about to die. And he was about to end his life. One text, how mm. can I pray for you? Mm. Change the trajectory of his life. Mm. We never know what intentionality can bring to the picture. And I think we should be intentional, raw, and relational. Mm. And if we have these three, I think the church is gonna is gonna explode in a way that it becomes a haven like it's supposed to be. And that's that's where like that's when we become different from the business world mm. where the business world brings you in so that they can make profit out of you mm. but the church brings you in to give you jesus it's good mm. i think like um you know i i see in the perspective what if a church is really good at that though what if they're really good at being intentional or if they're really good at building disciples and shepherding but they don't know how to budget <laughs> you know or they don't know <laughs> you know what i'm saying like you know there is i think there it's it's twofold in the sense that 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 should be your heart. Your heart should always be for people. Um, and I think, but it's okay to step out and be like, hey, we're gonna be a little bit more strategic, <laughs> you know, moving into this new year. We're gonna budget more, you know, we're gonna, you know, figure out how to do this and this, you know. Um, yeah, and see if you wanna talk more about that too, yeah. I th- no, like what you said, especially about budgeting, I mean, 
whether you talk about finances or people or resources, God's called us to be good stewards, stewards of what he's yeah. given us, right? When you look at the, the parable of the talents, right? One person buried his talent mm. and never invested it. The other person was able to multiply it. And so a lot of times we're like, oh, let's just let the Holy Spirit move. That's great. Let's let the Holy Spirit move. But let's make sure that we're not going bankrupt and we're not five months on our mortgage on, on the building that we have, right? Yeah. There's no point in having to move the Holy Spirit if we're just going to have no place to, to worship it, yes. right? There, there has to be a, a balance of both, I think. Yes, that's great. Yes, that's good. I think this gave a lot of insight to people when it comes to like how to run their churches and what to do. Do you have any more questions in terms of this, Matthew? No, I think I, I, I want to say like the budgeting part is very important, you know? I mean you have thousand dollars in, in your account you can't go buy a hundred thousand house yeah yeah you know <laughs> you always have to budget according to what absolutely. you absolutely and sometimes but what's necessary like i always i always have this thing want versus need mm -hmm. okay so is it a want or is it a need okay if it's a need then i need to buy it if it's a want i can keep it for later mm -hmm. so what i do this is, oh, this is something that uh, one of my friends told me he's a, he's actually good at money managing he's from india so he tells me Matthews, you know, you know what you should do if you if you if you if you feel like you want something, you know, if you if you feel like you okay, I want that MacBook, okay, I want that iPhone, just add it into your cart, wait for seven days, and within that seven days, you still feel that want, go buy it. If you still don't feel it, leave it there, and I think that's just how we should differentiate. I think uh, even on the basis of personal f financial planning or with church too or with any organization like even when we we're doing that with us like we, we, we have zero money coming in mm -hmm. bro. Our, our input is zero <laughs> i'm telling you uh and i have no shame in saying that because you know we're, we're just completely trusting god but we are actually making sure like okay what do we need yeah. do we do we do we need yeah. like is, yeah. it, is there some things that we can rent yeah then yes let's go for it is it necessary to buy is it an absolute necessity mm -hmm. is it a stretch then we'll still make it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think that's how you should actually think about want versus need can actually help you manage your finan personal finances, church finances, your organizational finances, any of it. That's good. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I mean, uh, just to move the conversation a little bit more, um, more, more talking about your pastoral ministry. And uh, we want to talk a little bit about, uh, before we close the segment, uh, just a little bit about how you balance all of this, mm. you know, how you balance... <laughs> And you talked about a little bit earlier about um, you know with, with your family and all the things that you 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 do and uh, specifically with balance. I want to talk a little bit more about uh, having Sabbath days and taking rest, you know, because we couldn't. We're really good at moving 100 miles per hour, <laughs> but we're really bad at putting the foot on foot on the brakes, you mm -hmm. know. So, how, what would you encourage to those that are listening that have this desire to do great things for the Lord, but also sometimes? maybe lack the discernment to be like, hey, maybe you need to slow down just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I saw a great tweet, and his name is Pastor Rich. Oh, I forgot his last name. I apologize. Will Carson? No. Okay. No. I was like, that was the topic. Maybe, maybe we could <laughs> pop up the tweet over my face as I'm talking about it. But he was talking about how um, Sabbath shows where your trust is. Hmm. Because Sabbath forces you to trust God. If you're not working on your business for one day and you're not making cold calls or emailing clients or whatever, and you're truly resting in God, that's putting your trust and saying, God, I know that even on my off day, mm. you're able to move mountains and do things in the background that I won't be able to do. Yes, yes. And so 
obviously with God creating everything within seven days and taking rest on the seventh day, mm. even God is showing us that there is something to be valued in Sabbath. Mm. Because like I mentioned earlier, a lot of times, if we're not careful, our work can be our idol, mm. right? The things that we do, the things that we find our identity in mm. is, is really uh, wrapped up in idolism, right? right? And when we take a Sabbath, it God is telling us, okay, well, who is more important in your life? Me or your work? Mm. Me or your other career or your, your side project or whatever the case may be. Mm. If you're Sabbath, then you're resting in my presence. Mm. Don't you know that I'm the God that created the whole universe? You don't think that I can make more happen in those 24 hours of rest while you rest? You rest and let me work. So when we're resting, God's going to work in the background. Mm. And so wow. that's why I love, you know, whenever I encourage people, when I preach, it's like when we go to sleep, we have to go to sleep without any anxiety or any stress about the future yeah. because our trust is fully in God. Yes. Yes. Lord, I will take rest knowing that you have everything in control. Yes. I will take rest knowing that the battle's already won. Mm. You already know how this is going to turn out. You already have the provision for my life. Mm. Uh, very quickly, and we'll, we'll close off. When, when Abraham was taking Isaac up to the mountain to sacrifice him, right? Um, God instructed him, I want you to sacrifice your son. And by the time he got to the top of the mountain, um, the angel of the Lord said, stop, don't kill him, turn around, there's a ram on the other side. Mm. Okay? I, and I heard T.D. Jakes preach about this, and I, would, I love what he said. He said every time that Abraham took a step up with, with Isaac in obedience, the ram on the other side of the mountain was taking another step. Yeah. Wow. The provision. And so every yeah. time Abraham trusted God saying, I, are you sure, God, you want me to sacrifice yeah. my only son? Yeah. The ram is awesome. taking another, another step. Mm. And so same thing with that. I believe if we're trusting wow. God in Sabbath, yeah. God's allowing things on the other side of the mountain to, to happen yeah. and work out. There's people that are talking about you that you don't even know about. There's people that are conversating about, man, we need, a, we need to do some business with, with Matthews or with Reuben, or we need mm. to do something collaborative stuff, and you don't even know about it. God's protecting you from it. Mm. God's saying, do you trust me? Can you rest in me while I work other things out on the other side of the mountain? Mm. And when it comes to that divine time, I'm going to show you, Ooh. turn around, there's provision for your life. Shoot. That, that was, was so solid. good. That was so good. <laughs> oh my goodness, man! And that's even just be like being able to commune with God in the midst of all that. I mean, we talked about that earlier, right? And that's what this life is about, right? I mean, we can get all these things accomplished in life, like do really great things, like this podcast. If God willing, has like a thousand, a hundred thousand views, whatever it is. But in the midst of all this, it's understanding that I'd rather be with God mm. in all the things that I do. I'd rather have God be with me in the things in every moment of my life and that's honestly like what what i've learned through my sabbath and my rest days is like being really intentional about how i spend it now you know like what do i do that day turn off my phone you know don't answer any emails or any calls that are coming in especially work-related stuff you know even like we can find things that are hobbies and joys for us that we can find God in those moments. Like so I know some people, my friend, I have a friend who loves to go fishing. Yeah. It's not my, the most exciting thing for me. Sure. You know, but he tells me that peaceful rest and that moment that he has that, that, that serene feeling of just mm. the, the scenery, everything that's around him. He really feels God in those moments. Cause sometimes the busyness, we don't, we oftentimes miss God and what he's doing. But like to your point, like, man, 
God's providing. He's His provision is happening yeah. at the same time as we spend time with Him That's and communion with Him. And That's also, Addy yeah. and I feel like mostly the creatives, they're the ones that are burnt out the most. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, and we, we all can yeah. relate yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how hard it is, like, you know, and how maybe at the last minute we'll have graphic design things come mm-hmm. up and then we, we yeah. run it out quick. A deadline. Deadlines, <laughs> yeah. you know, mm-hmm. especially, or any, any, I mean, not just creative, I would say every industry, like, you know, there are last minute deadlines, you mm-hmm. know, especially, so, I mean, I work in software, so I see that. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's also important, like, you know, as creators that we need to make sure that the creator rested on the seventh day. Mm. Even if God, who created all of heaven, all of earth, all the plants, animals, man, everything in it, if he had to rest, how much more should we rest? Yeah. And I feel like that's something that I think rest is very underrated. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like rest is given, especially in the creative space. Mm. We don't give rest enough importance. Mm. We we work out, we burn out mm. to a point where we're like, okay, I'm done. But if you rest, that burnout won't happen. You know, that working out to your, that stretching out to the last end of yourself, that won't happen. Mm. And and uh, I think uh, Pastor actually, and I think it's uh, he, him who said this, uh, grace is what God has done for us on the cross. And rest is a response to that grace. Mm. And when you rest, you're responding to the grace what he has done mm. for you. Yeah. When you rest, you're abiding yeah. in his grace. Yeah. You're abiding so in him. Good. And that's why rest is so important. And even I'm guilty of it. I don't take rest as yeah. much as I need to. I mean, today I, I had only an hour and a half yeah, sleep. I'm coming <laughs> and I'm, pre- I'm talking about rest. I know I'm a hypocrite, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I still feel like uh, rest and sleep are not the same thing, though. You know, yeah. rest is like where I can, even if I sleep for two hours, I can still rest. Mm. You know? And resting is like not just not doing anything, but rest is in his presence. Mm. His presence is the place where we rest. I think most of the time we confuse it. We take rest in a different way, like, okay, everything else, like just sleep or just do nothing or just go drive around. That's not rest. I think rest is always in his presence. Mm. And even if how much of a tired we are or burnt out or whatever happens, the moment we enter his presence, that's rest for us. That's That's where we don't have to do anything. We don't have to play the guitar or just just come by and in your closet, just get on your knees and say, Abba, I'm here. That's rest. That's yes. rest right there. Yeah, and there's a verse in the Bible that says that like God is in is in the trees. He's in the he's in the air. He's in everything that's yeah. around us. So if we don't take that time to appreciate those things, and especially as like a creative, I need to learn to be like, hey, there's so many colors out there, the vastness, right? That's my Photoshop. That's mm. my canvas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and just like being like, hey, God's in in the middle of all that, right? God's in the midst of that, and to learn to appreciate that is. Something I want to encourage all of our audience members that are listening now, right? Like, you know, this is why we set up this podcast for you guys, to be able to have conversations like this and to be able to uh, use this and use it as a practical tool for your own lives because these are moments that we all learned, made mistakes, and learned that, hey, this is what God actually called us to do here on this earth. And I just want to say thank you to to Pastor Steve, one of our really good friends, man. You always drop the best, (laughs) like, (laughs) information, the best like one-liners everything bro <laughs> like like we have so much to learn from you and you're such a gift to the community thanks man. you're such a gift to everyone who is listening and we're so honored to see what god is doing in your life moving forward and quickly before we're about to end how can we pray for you as as um as we're continuing this podcast how can our audience members pray for you in this season of your life oh, man that's great i i would encourage everyone to uh 
pray for us, for especially for me, just to make sure that I'm never too busy doing my own thing and not hearing the voice of God. Ooh. Because a lot of times we can be too busy doing ministry without being in, in ministry. ministry. Amen. Right? Amen. And so um, I just want to be, be always in the center of God's will, whatever that is, yeah. whatever that looks like. Nice. So good, man. <laughs> but also, at this point, I, w- I want to thank you, you know, for, yes. for, for everything that you do, for all the things, all the truth bombs that you dropped today, <laughs> and for, for, for your answer to the call. Like, you know, when, when God says, like, do it, thank you for being obedient, you know, mm. because your obedience is, a re- is, is inspiring a lot of us. Yeah. Wow. People wow. younger than us, older yeah. than us, your obedience is inspiring a lot of us. And I want to thank you for you. You're, you're becoming you're becoming a role model, like the mm. way that you're doing it. And I really, uh, w- to be honest, I'm really proud to call you my friend. I, I, all, we both are, and we're also proud to have you as like you know one of our advisors. Yeah. And you know, I was like, I was w- when when we were setting up our advice, I was like, you know, Ruben, let's put Steve John. There is no yeah, better person that's than I know. Well, that's that, an easy yes. <laughs> yeah, that was it. I was like, he's definitely gonna say yes. Yeah. Oh, I, I was like, he, there is no way he'll say no to it. I was yeah. like, let's put him on the advisor. Oh wow. And we're glad you know we could do all of this together yeah, with yeah, you yeah. not just this pocket but also as we journey through all the things that we dream you know yeah. we're just glad you know you are on board with us and you know I ju- not just as an advisor as a friend as a yeah. mentor as, as as a guide you know yeah. and man we, we we're you. really really thankful for you and it's not flattering we, we mean it from the bottom Thank of our hearts yeah honored to be a part of whatever you guys do i know that this is a god dream for mm. both of you guys, is, what God's yeah. putting in your hearts. Yeah. And if there's any small part that I could play, whether it's, you know, holding the water bottles to make sure <laughs> y'all are well hydrated <laughs> or whatever the case may be, I, w- I would love to play a small oh, part in what God's doing man, in your lives and you through so this. Much. And yeah, so yeah. I'm excited about this project and where it's going and yeah. all the future endeavors is, is going to be uh, the best is yet to come. That's yeah. what I what yeah. I always say. The best 100%. is yet to come. Hey, yeah. do us a favor. Uh, plug some of your uh, Instagram, your handle. Maybe even talk about uh, what's coming up with the conference and stuff. And sure, any things that you're coming yeah. up. And then this should be yeah. aired around mid March. Yeah. So you know, you talk, you pass the conference yeah. and cool. give it all the details yeah. as, yeah. as much as you yeah. can. And it's free, right? Plug, plug yeah. whatever's yeah. coming yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, Steve John, or TikTok. Um, you know, all my handles, I'm sure they'll, they'll drop it down below. Um, but also with, uh, youth pastor co or youth pastor conference, um, it goes beyond just being a youth pastor. If you're not a youth pastor, but you're a leader or you love to uh, minister at church, this conference is going to be for you. Uh, we are working on an incredible lineup. So hopefully by the time uh, you see this, we'll be able to release it. And, um, I'm excited to see where God has taken this. Uh, Just a quick reminder, uh, Five years ago, I started this conference in my spare bedroom, and then this year, God's given us the opportunity to partner with Church of the Highlands at Highlands College, do a hybrid approach, and um, like I said, the best is yet to come because I'm living it, and yep. so, uh, yeah, 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 and so, if also, if you want uh, more information about how I can work with your church, if you're interested in uh, that consulting thing, I would love to connect with you. You can find me on uh uh, Facebook as well, or just check out churchgrowthcentral.com. Yep, all the links will be in the bio. And once again, thank you, Pastor Steve. Thank you. And thank you for everyone who's listening. Thank you for uh, being a part of this episode. So just stay tuned until we drop some more. That we, we come in with a new guest and we start, drop some new truth bombs. So right. take care. We'll see you later. See you guys. <laughs>